It's a passage, it's a word that even as we're singing this, the lyrics of this song that we're asking the Lord to search us. Listen, that's a brave prayer. Psalms 139, the psalmist writes to God. He tells him, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Father God, we come before you. And as your church, we are praying the same prayer. As we praise you, as we worship you, as we lift our voice on high, we ask, Lord, that you also will search our hearts. That you would know our thoughts. Father, that you would reveal to us, Lord, if there's anything that is offensive towards you, God. And, Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would bring it out. Let us see it. Let us realize it. Let us recognize it, God. There's some things that maybe we've hidden real deep into that box, Lord, that we don't want to look at. Reveal it to us. During the season of fasting, Lord, reveal it to us. Let us pre present it before you, God. And we would come with you, come to you, Lord, with our hearts wide open willing to receive whatever it is that you have to give us this morning. We thank you. We praise you. We love you. In Jesus' name we say amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. New Life Community Church, Montclair. Before you sit down, turn around to your neighbor and just give him a, a wave and say, I'm glad you're here. If you're at home and someone just fell asleep, go ahead and nudge him. Tell him wake up that you're glad he's there too. Or she's there. Amen. You may be seated. My name is Pastor Lewis Roman Jr. I am uh, the location pastor here at New Life Community Church, Mount Clare. And we are so glad that you are here with us today. Uh, if this is your first time here, we welcome you. If this is the first time that you're watching us, rather today or whenever it is that you're going to watch us, we gladly thank you for watching us as well. And we pray that you would just continue to stay in tune with us so that you can see if this is a church that maybe you can, you can get connected to and grow in and uh, see what it is that God has in store for you. Amen. A couple of announcements that we have today is first and foremost is today it, it marks our eighth day of our 21 day of prayer and fasting. How many people say amen to that? I was, I was telling, my, praise the Lord. I was telling my wife yesterday, I said, man, this, this week's gone by fast. She looks at me like, I don't know about you, but for me it hasn't. Uh, one week down, two weeks ago. But listen, before you think about what's well, two more weeks before I can eat my, you know, my pizza, tamales, whatever it is. Say, man, this is two more weeks that I have to amplify my praise and worship towards the Lord. Two more weeks uh, that I can go on ahead and just seek God. Not that you can't do it the other 360 days out of the week, 365, whatever it is, but purposely right now doing it in a season and in a time that you know that you're not the only one. 
your fellow brothers and sisters are praying and fasting there alongside of you. So I want to make sure that you go on ahead and uh, take advantage uh, of these next two weeks and say, God, okay, this week passed. Rather, it was hard, difficult, challenging, whatever it is. But go before the Lord and go on ahead and see what this next week can uh, be and bring to you. And remember, we have resources that are available on our New Life Chicago application. All you got to do is download the app if you haven't done so yet. If you have it, go on ahead and take a look at it. And in there you're going to find we have a prayer and fasting resource there with devotionals and all kinds of tools, uh, ways that you can fast. Maybe this week past and you're like, what can I do this week different? Go on ahead and look at that because we have resources for you in there. Amen. The other thing that I wanted to mention to you is that throughout this 21 days uh, to help you and to come together as a church uh, we're doing our Wednesday night prayer worship nights. And, uh, man, this past Wednesday was an amazing, amazing time and experience that we had. And we just focused. Listen, I was contemplating how do we do this, what should we do, how should we pray. And then we just focused on what we preached about the previous Sunday, which was our prayers up. All we did is as a church was collectively come together and just praise and worship God. That's it. There was no petitions. There was any, nothing like that. We were just praising the Lord, uh, acknowledging him for who he was. We had a powerful testimony on what that looks like to focus on our prayer up. And so this coming Wednesday at 7 p.m., January 20th, we're going to be doing some sort of the same stuff. But this time, we're going to be focusing on our prayers in which we'll be discussing today. So make sure that either you mark that on your calendar, either you'll be here in person, or make sure that you're watching us and you're streaming us online. Uh, so you can go on ahead and just, again, we want to try to provide every opportunity possible for you to be synced in uh, so that you can realize the potential that God has in you. Amen. Uh, the other update that I wanted to give you was on our Christmas offering. I know we didn't, we didn't update you the last few weeks. We were waiting for some final counts from our central services. We had a goal of $10,000, and we, we, we made it halfway there. And I praise God because $5,000 is $5,000 we didn't have coming into the new year. So go on ahead and give the Lord a round of applause uh, and thank you for sacrificially giving. Uh, I understand, and I know that this has been a difficult year for all of us. Uh, specifically in the area of our finances, um, there's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, and we're experiencing some, some different things that we haven't seen before uh, when it comes to our finances. And, and we're experiencing things as a church, as a whole as well, when it comes to the area of finances. We're learning one thing that uh, we need to completely continue to depend on, on the Lord and on his works. Uh, and with that being said, I tell you this not because, listen, the church needs you. I tell you this because I want you, first and foremost, to realize that even in difficult situations, the Lord says, test me and see that I will not fill your barns. So in every situation, whether you're in a pandemic or not, listen, make sure that you are always using uh, this time of, uh, of a tithing and offering Listen, this has pandemic, non-pandemic, job, no job. There's, you got to find something that you're giving to God as your offering. And you're saying, God, I trust you more than I trust what's in my wallet. I trust you more than I trust my job. Listen, the beautiful thing throughout this season has been, man, we have been learning what true dependency on God looks like. And when you truly begin to depend on God, doesn't matter what situation is around you. You walk around with the peace that supersedes all understanding. Why? Because it's his peace. And so I pray that you would continue to be challenged on making sure that you don't neglect 
the responsibilities that we have as sons and daughters, specifically in the areas of our finances. Amen. Uh, so what you can do in the area of giving is we're not taking the offerings in person anymore, at least not uh, until later down in the year. Uh, but you can go on ahead to our, our application again, our New Life app, and you can give that way. It's easy and secure. Or you can go on to our website, find the Mount Clear location, go into our general fund, and you can give that way. Amen. Let's pray uh, for the tithes and the offering. Let's pray for ourselves uh, so we could jump right into whatever the Lord has for us this morning. Father God, we come before you and we thank you once again for giving us the opportunity to be gathered today as your people. Lord, I pray and we lift up right now, Lord, uh, our tithes and our offering. Thank you for those who, are, who have already given. Thank you for those who participated in this year's, uh, in last year's Christmas offering, Father God. And I pray, Lord, that you would go on ahead and uh, open up the doors of blessings for, for these people, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would go on ahead and bless them. You would bless their finances, bless their homes, bless their, their marriages, God. I pray for those who so desperately desire to give to you but just cannot find any way possible. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will begin to open up doors for them as well. Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord, that they would know you and meet you, Lord, and depend on you in a totally different level, Father God, because of this. And I pray, Lord, that us as a church, Lord, you have never left us. You've never forsaken us. You have always provided. And I pray, Lord, that you would continue to do so. And so with what we have, Father, we pray that you would allow us, Father, to be good stewards of it. Lord, that we would continue to use all that we have to continue, Lord, to make disciples who make disciples. We would be a church that stands here in this corner, Lord, of the city, Lord, ready and willing to do whatever it is that you ask us to do to demonstrate your love. And now we pray for this word that we're about to receive today. Lord, we pray, Father God, Lord, first and foremost, that you would use me to speak this word to your people. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that us as your people would open up our ears to hear what it is that you have to say. That you would soften our hearts to receive whatever it is that you want to place in it. And God, that you would open up our eyes to see whatever it is that you want us to see. Lord, help us put all distractions to the side. All the to-do list that is creeping up in our minds, Lord, let us kick it to the side. And let us receive your word this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, today we are starting our second sermon in the series that is titled Uncommon Prayers. And during our Uncommon Prayer series, we want to go on ahead and teach the church a very practical way that you can pray and that you can practice to actually develop the discipline of what prayer looks like. And so we've been focusing on three words to help us do this. And that's up, in, and out. And listen, this is something that I've been, even I've been using for a long time, but just never thought about it this way. Last week we discussed that before you can focus... On the inward, that before you can focus on the outward, that we have to focus on the upward first. Before you can be focusing on, Lord, help me with this, Lord, open the door, Lord, Lord, even if they're good requests, God, help me be a better son. Before you do any of that stuff, you've got to make sure that you are looking up. 
I think about Jesus when he taught his disciples how to pray. He said, this is the way you should pray. He wasn't saying, take what I say, memorize it, and repeat it every night. That's fine. But what he was trying to say is this is the outline of how you should pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then he, so what happens is he's saying, first give God the glory that he deserves. Give God the reverence that he deserves. Worship the God who deserves to be worshipped first. And once you do that, now you can get down to the other stuff. You can get down to give us today our daily bread. And so we learned that we have to focus on God. Focus on God. Maybe if you're starting your prayer in the morning, you're saying, before I do anything, Lord, I'm going to start to worship you. I'm going to thank you, God, for who you are. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you because you are a great God. Spending some time in that area. And we, when we focus on who God is, when we focus on his splendor and on his majesty, as we read in the passages last week, when we get into, into the habit of focusing on the up, then what we realize is that everything else starts to flow in the right direction. If you spent your whole day, your whole prayer life, in your life, just praying up, you haven't wasted a moment. If you spent your whole prayer life, of your whole life, praying in the end of what you need, of what you want God to do, you've got it all wrong. After focusing on the up, we can now focus on the in. You see, looking in, when we're talking about prayer, we know that we are acknowledging that we have a deep need for God in our lives. It's through the discipline of prayer that we openly and honestly are able to express to God what is happening in the inside of our lives. So in essence, praying in is very important as well. Because after we're done praying up, now we need to really take a good look at ourselves. That's when we need to get to search me, oh God, and know my thoughts. This takes a lot of humility to acknowledge that we all fall short, right? The Bible says we all fall short of the glory of God. We all fall short from God's standard, even as followers of Jesus Christ. But this is the part of learning to pray uncommon prayers. Uncommon prayers, what they are, they're a really gut-wrenching prayer that simply calls out to God in an honest and in a real way. Uncommon prayers are not prayers that you learned as a child that you say before you go to bed every night. Those are common prayers. Uncommon prayers is where you're going just one-on-one -on -one with Jesus Christ, letting him know what is in your heart. And to dive into this a little bit more in detail, we're going to be continuing to dissect the book of Psalms. Why the book of Psalms? Well, the book of Psalms is a book of prayers that it actually gives us words and it gives us language to talk to God. Did you know that? You know, there's some times where I'm in a prayer rut, meaning I know I have to pray. I know I have to speak to God, but I'm really having a difficult time mustering out the words. Has that happened to you? Has that happened to you? There's some times where 
I know I've got to do it, but I'm like, man, it's not that I don't have the energy. It's not that I don't want to spend the time doing it. I'm just, I'm just not feeling it. I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know about you guys. I don't like to sit down and just ramble to God. I tell God, God, I don't want to sit here and just ramble to you just what I feel like you want to hear. I want this to be meaningful. And so in those moments, what I do is I open up the book of Psalms. And I still do it even though to, to this day because I was taught that as a kid. But I just grab the Bible and put my fingers right in the middle of the Bible and I open it up. And most of the time it's the book of Psalms. Someone told me that when I was a kid. And I still do that as an adult just for fun. But what I do is I open up the book of Psalms and almost any psalm that, that pops up, you can, I begin to read it. But I don't just read it to myself. I begin to read it out loud. And so, in essence, what I'm doing, because the book of Psalms is words and language to talk to God, it is like a natural flow of me talking to God. And before I know it, I'm in a real good conversation with him. For example, I open it up and it says, search me, O God, and know my thoughts. I start to read that and I start to speak to God. That's why this book is such a beautiful book. And there's times uh, in which we have to do that. You know, there's times where we have to do that because prayer is a necessity to the life of a Christian. It is a necessity. I talked to you about that last week. When we don't have a, a disciplined prayer life, we're walking on thin ice. Because now we're derived by whatever it is that looks good, whatever it is that is appealing. We fall to just anything. We get distant from God. Most of the people, as I mentioned last time, that I talk to, they say, hey, man, I, I really feel distant from God. I, I challenge them with the question is, how's your prayer life? And when they're sincere, most uh, nine out of ten times, they'll say, you know what, I haven't been praying. And so with that being said, we're going to focus here in the book of Psalms. We're going to see someone who is focusing on their inward prayer. So today we're going to talk about five truths that will help us grow in praying uncommon prayers as we practice the discipline of our in prayer. And the first one is, know that God truly answers the prayers of his children who call out to him. He starts this passage off in the book of Psalms 116, verse 1. And this is what he says. He says, I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. What we see here is the declaration of I love the Lord for he heard my voice sounds, it sounds somewhat self-serving, right? It almost sounds like, hey, well, because he heard my voice, that's the only reason why I'm going to love the Lord. But it actually is appropriate how he's saying it. Because people can only love the Lord in response to his initiating a relationship. We love the Lord because he initiated a relationship with us first. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, it says, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So God's love towards people is not based on anything we do. And thank the Lord for that. Thank the Lord for that. But it's derived from his own sovereign will and his own choice. He chose to love us. This love causes him to listen to his children, prompting their responsive love. 
That's why sometimes our kids, man, they can be a real big pain, right? They can be a real big pain and get themselves in trouble after you told, you, told them what not to do. But even though they still call out to you or ask you something, you're still willing to listen. Why? Because you love them. There's nothing that they can do that's going to stop you from loving them more. And so they'll give you a request and you'll still listen even though they're knuckleheads. And thank God because we are knuckleheads so many times, specifically in the area of our praying. The reason the psalmist felt this amazing love for God was because he says it, because he heard my voice, because he heard my cry for mercy, because he turned his ear to me. The psalmist is speaking in the context of a relationship with God. Do you know that the Lord, God of the universe, the Lord of lords, the King of kings, the one that created everything, the one that was in the beginning, the one that is here, the one that will be there still standing in the end, do you know that he inclines his ear to hear your prayers? That is an amazing Amazing thought and truth. Who are we, God, that you are mindful of us? Based on the relationship that we have with him through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And so this should stir us up to carry out and to call upon his name. Because we know that the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, is always willing to listen to us. This must give us the 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 ammunition, the desire to go on ahead and cry out to him. If you've got the most important thing in the world ready and willing to listen at every one of your words, why would you not take advantage of that church? Now, I want to give you this, this psalmist is talking about an answered prayer, right? He's praising God because God answered his prayer. Now, there's a disclaimer here that I want to share with you, all right? That disclaimer is that answered prayers don't always mean yes responses. I want to get that really, really clear because some of us get discouraged when we've been praying for something. You, you, you can say, well, this psalmist, is, is, he, he's got it good. He's praising God. He's worshiping God. He's grateful for him because God answered his prayer. But God hasn't answered my prayer, so why should I be thinking of all these great attributes of God? Once again, answered prayers don't always mean yes responses. What I mean by that is sometimes you're praying for something. And you're saying, God, I need you to, I need you to do this in my life. God, I need you to help me with that. God, I really want that. And you begin to pray, you pray, you even fast about it. And then later down the road, you realize that, you, you, that, that prayer never got answered. Or so you thought. Last that I checked, if my kid asks me a question, either my answers are going to be yes, no, maybe, later, whatever else. But they're all answers, aren't they? I was asked a question, it's, and the way I respond is the answer. So sometimes when we're praying to God for something, for God to open up a door, God, I want this, God, I need that. The reality is sometimes as you step back and you look down a year later, six months later, whatever the case is, you're like, oh, God, thank you for not answering that prayer. And he says, no, I answered it. Just the answer was no. That's the disclaimer that I want to share with you. 
that we need to give God all the glory and the praise and honor for saying no so many times to our request. We got to say, God, thank you for not opening up that door because if I would have opened up that door, I wouldn't have done what you wanted me to do. Or I'd be in a different situation. When you pray to God, church, and you're saying, God, do with me whatever it is you want. When you're praying to God and you're saying, God, I need you to work in my life. God, I need you to do this. What we need to say is, God, open up the doors that you want me to go through. Close the doors that you don't want me to enter into. And whichever it is, I'm okay because you are God and I am not. You see what I don't see. And so that's my disclaimer. Is that answered prayers don't always mean yes responses. The second truth that will help us grow in praying uncommon prayers as we practice the discipline of our in prayer is that you must learn to use the circumstance that you are going through as a trigger to call out to the Lord. Learn to use the circumstance that you are going through as a trigger to call out to the Lord. Verse 3, he says this. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. This psalmist was, he was really going through some stuff. You know what that is to pray a prayer? To tell the Lord, the cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. It sounds to me like this psalmist was facing some type of deadly circumstance. And while he was going through this deadly circumstance, he's also going through probably some anxiety or, or depression or something that was really starting to, to, to make him uh, get all paralyzed. This person was really, really going through a difficult season. But I love that although he was going through a difficult season, he didn't stay paralyzed to the corner like so many times happens to us. I'll be the first one. There's been seasons in my life in which there's been moments in my life in which I said, well, what am I doing? I'm laying here in this couch and I'm crippled by anxiety. I'm crippled by fear. I'm crippled by all of these things and I'm not trusting God. Although he is going through the valleys of the shadow of death. He says in verse 4, but then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. Those words are so important. Those words are the, diff is the difference between you just staying in an area of despair, staying in an area of depression, staying in an area of discouragement, that word is the difference between those things that I just said and, and, and really, really getting to a place where God wants you to be. Lord, save me. He calls on the name of the Lord to save him. And some of you might say, listen, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to pray. I really don't even know how to pray. Listen, here's the truth. It isn't so much about the words that you use, but about the cry of your heart. It's you coming sincerely before God and crying out. Prayer is a heart cry to God from the depths of our soul with all the emotions and the fears crying out to the giver and the sustainer of life. This is what I want you to learn as a church. This is what we need to learn as a people. Listen, don't sit there and say, I don't know how to pray. Listen, you know how to cry. 
You know how to share when something ain't right. You know how to tell your significant other when you're not satisfied about something. You know how to complain about something when something is not going your way. Take that same energy that you have, but give it up to God. Whatever it is that you're experiencing, cry it out to God. Listen, it's time that you learn to have one-on-one conversations with, with your creator. And don't go to God like you got it all together because, listen, we do that sometimes. I've done that sometimes. Don't go in there in a prayer with the Lord, listening to your words and making sure you're using good, sound words. Come on, man. Go to God the way you are, sobbing with boogers coming down. Lord, I need you. God, I'm broken. God, this season that I'm going through right now, it stinks. I don't know. I don't know why I'm going through this. Go ahead. Let them hear it. Let them hear it. The reality is that there's going to be seasons, church, in our lives where the pain that we're experiencing is just so bad that it's going to become difficult for us to articulate words. And so what we need to do, as the psalmist is showing us here, we need to learn how to use these seasons to trigger us to cry out, to cry out and say, Lord, save me. Even when you don't have the words, you need to say, Lord, save me. Even when it doesn't make sense, you need to just say, Lord, save me. Even when your heart is filled with discouragement, Lord, save me. Even when your mind is filled with confusion, say, Lord, save me. If that's all that you can muster up, just say it. Cry it out to God. Romans chapter 8, verse 26, one of my favorite passages. It says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Listen, there's times when you don't know what to pray. You don't know what to say. You feel like I've said it all. Just say, Lord, save me. Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, help me. Going before God like that. Listen, God is more inclined to incline his ears to hear a heartfelt prayer of five words than he is a prayer of two, four, five paragraphs that really have no heart in it. You ever had someone to come and, and ask you how you're doing? They know that you're going through a difficult season and you just feel like, ah, oh, it was kind of artificial. They're just asking to ask. Versus someone who has really come and just really just poured out their heart. How can I help you? I'm so sorry that you've experienced it. You, re- you receive it different. And that's the same way that it is with the Lord. It's letting everything out to the one who already knows us deeply and intimately more than we know ourselves. That's why we need to go to God with everything. We got to let him hear it all because he already knows it. Sometimes I'm, in the, sometimes I'm praying and I'm like, Lord, you already know. You already know my petitions. The other day I went out on a prayer walk in the afternoon around my, my, uh, my community. And, and I'm just, Lord, you already know my petitions. You already know what it is that's in my heart. I just, I just want to cry out to you. I just want to worship you, Lord. I just, I just want to glorify you. I, I, I need you to continue to work and provide for me. 
Uncommon prayers are birthed within us when we are faced with difficult and sometimes life-threatening experiences. Take it to God. Let that be your motivation. It's okay. I get it. Because sometimes I used to feel like, man, my, my prayer only increases when, there's, when I have a need. My prayer only increases and, and gets amplified when I need God to work in a certain situation because what I'm in is really difficult. Listen, I get it, but don't let that lie from the enemy go on ahead and permeate in your heart and say, don't go to God because you only go to God when you need to. Yeah, it might be true, but that reason that you're going to go to God right now this time might just be what really kickstarts kick a prayer life like you've never had it before. Go before God. And so what circumstances are you going through at this time that God has designed to be a trigger to draw you into an intimate conversation with God? Are there circumstances, church, in your life that you maybe say, man, I missed the opportunity of developing the, the habit of crying out to God and deepening my relationship with him? God, in the middle of the storm, what are you teaching me is a word is a word that I love to give people all the time. You need to, I want us to get into the practice of when things are not going our way, God, what are you showing me? God, what are you teaching me? The season that we were in the last few months, and my wife shared some of it on, on, on Wednesday, throughout that time and that moment, there's many times in which I would sit down in the, in the table with my wife and, and I would say, babe, let us not lose focus on what God is trying to teach us here. Listen, because when you go through it, when you go through the mud, you go through these difficult seasons, you don't want to just go through it, come out of it, and be done with it. No, you want to go through it, but you want to learn some valuable lessons so that when you come out of it, you're much better, you're much stronger. You're more mature. That only help, happens when we say, God, show me what it is that you are showing us. I remember a few months ago I was discussing with a sister from this church, actually, some of the uh, challenges that we were going through and experiencing. Um, and she comes to me, she says, Pastor Lewis, you want to know what? She spoke into my heart. I'm so grateful for that. She said, Pastor Lewis, I'm going to tell you something. You're a pastor. And so maybe God is not answering your prayer real quick because he wants to teach you some valuable lessons that you're going to be better for because of it. And you're going to be able to help so many more people because you went through it. And that just spoke into my heart. Listen, it hurts to go through the storm. It doesn't feel good when that hail is coming down and hitting you. It doesn't feel good when you've been told that the, the, the diagnosis that you didn't really want to hear. It hurts. It hurts to lose a loved one. All of that hurts. But through it all. God, what is it that you are trying to teach me from this? Don't miss that. Don't miss that opportunity to learn a valuable lesson that's going to shape you into being more the way that he designed you to be. Amen? So remember that. If you're taking notes, remember, God, in the middle of the storm, what are you teaching me? And make sure that's something that you repeatedly tell yourself. The third truth that will help us grow in praying uncommon prayers as we practice the discipline of our in prayer is as you constantly call out to God, you will begin to discover God's amazing character and mercy and, compa and compassion towards you. 
This is beautiful because, once again, the more that we are calling out to God in our in prayer, God just continues to reveal himself to us. He continues to reveal his character into us, which now we can take all that we're learning from that and focus that up on our up prayers. Verse 5, he says, the Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from, the, from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I trusted in the Lord when I said, I am greatly afflicted. The psalmist, through his interaction with God via prayer, with him going back and forth with God, with him, with him calling out to God when he was in distress, when he was calling, Lord, save me, when he felt like he was entangled with the, with, with the ropes of death. But with that communication, with that having that relationship with God, what that did is it, be, it allowed him, the psalmist, to know God for who he actually is. Through all of this, he learned and he came to experience God as, as he mentioned, a gracious God. He learned God to be a righteous God, a God full of compassion. He learned that God was a protector. He learned through this season of, God, what is it that you're trying to show me through this? He learned that God was a deliverer from death. He learned that God kept his feet from stumbling. These are all things that we learn. When we're praying to God and we, we have an active prayer life with him and we're going through all of these different situations and we're speaking to God and, 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 and when God says no and when God says yes and when God says maybe, we're learning all of these things. When we make mistakes and we go before God and say, God, I've turned my back on you, but please welcome me back home. And when you feel him embrace you, God, you are, you are always there. You never leave me. These are things that we learn because we are going through the storms, but we're going through the storms with a focus. Focus prayer on the up and the in. We learn these things. I, I bet you if I went to each and every one of you here today and, and tell you throughout your life and having a relationship with Jesus Christ, what have you learned from God? And I bet you I can get a full list of different things. He provided for me. He's my provider when, when, when I had nothing. He reconciled my marriage when it was falling apart. He made a way when, when there was just no way. He saved me. Oh, he's a savior. All of these things that we experience from God, we learn. And I love it because the psalmist even speaks to himself. I know, I don't know about you guys, but I speak to myself a lot. Verse 7, when he says, return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. I love that. Honest. This is, this is honest. Pure, unfiltered prayer, unfiltered conversations with God. I dare you, church, to have uncensored prayer with the Lord. He says, return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. He's saying, okay, so rest. God provided. God came through. So many times, church, and it's a reality. Listen, I never tell you anything that I don't experience myself. We forget how good God has been to us. So many times, 
when we learn how to pray the in with, 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 with that, with a gut honesty, we can see God incline his ear to us and we begin to rest. And ultimately, it brings peace in no matter what circumstance it is that we're going through. But we have to remember how good God has been to us. There's some times where, listen, we're in a season in which we doubt that we have some anxiety that, that we just don't know what's going to happen. And what happens is we, we begin to be tempted to take matters into our own hands. And why do we do that? Because we forget what God has done for us yesterday. We forget that God, what God has done for us uh, when we first met him. He's telling his soul to rest because God has been good to us. So I, I challenge you that no matter what it is that you're experiencing in life, never forget what God has done for you. The fact that you're sitting in this chair today shows drastic measures of what God has done for you. Remember that. Remember that. There's, been, there, there's sometimes some seasons in our, in, in our life that we go through some stuff, and, and now God has allowed us to get through it. And now we're entering into another season, and we're tempted to, to, to start to doubt again. And we've got to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. God, you pulled through for me last time, so I trust that you're going to do the same for me this very next time. Remember to tell yourself, God has been good. And God will continue to be good. But just don't forget. Be anxious for nothing, prayerful about everything. Thank God for all that he has done. And he will give you his peace which supersedes all understanding. That thankfulness, that heart of thanksgiving, that is so crucial to our lives as Christians because that's what helps us continue to move forward. The fourth truth that will help us grow in praying uncommon prayers as we practice the discipline of our in prayer is that as we experience answered prayer, our hearts will swell with thanksgiving and praise, which results in a strong desire to live out for him. Verse 12, this is what he says. And I love this because after God has provided, God has answered prayers, God has done all this, God has revealed himself to the psalmist, this is now what the psalmist says. He says, what shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me. I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. What we see here is that in acknowledging all that the Lord has done for him, the psalmist realizes he comes up with this very important question, and it is, what shall I do? What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? I love that. Why? Because it shows me that this guy isn't interested in receiving blessings from God and leaving it to himself, and that's it. This guy says, wait, God did something for me. So what is it that I can do to return this favor of what God has done for me? And in response, he says, he's going to worship the Lord by lifting up the cup of salvation and calling on the name of the Lord. And then he says in verse 14, I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Listen, this is very important. And I've said this to you plenty of times. When God makes 
a way for you. Specifically, when he makes a way for you in which there was no other way. When God makes a way for you, he doesn't just do it so that you can walk through, sit down, be done with it, and feel blessed. Oh, I'm blessed. I'm blessed because God provided a way for me. Amen. I'm blessed. And just keep it for me. I'm blessed. And I walk with my chest high. I'm blessed and highly favored. That's good. But that's not why he does that. When God makes a way for you, he does it so that you can walk through, but then you can turn around and let everyone know what God has done for you. How do we return our favor? We shout out from the rooftops how good, how great our God has been to us. We are to let others know what God has done in our lives so that we can be, so they can be encouraged. Listen, you may say, I don't have the words. I don't know what to say. Listen, when you're in that room with your family member that doesn't have a relationship with God, with Christ, all you got to do is start sharing your testimony. Your testimony is powerful. Your testimony is is a story of transformation. Your testimony is a story of what God did for me when man could not do it. That's our testimony. And so we need to tell others. When God blesses us, we got to tell others. What this person feared the most was death itself. And that God would answer his prayer, but his relationship with God grew through that experience that he went through. And that's the beautiful thing of this. That God just doesn't go on ahead and answer this, the, 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 the psalmist's prayer and that's it. But he, throughout the whole experience, he grows. And I hope that that's your story. I hope that we take the circumstances of this life and when we begin to pray the up and the in, that it begins to, to, to develop our relationship with God. Have you ever thanked God, church, for a circumstance that you have went through? That even though it was painful, even though it was difficult and depressing, God used it for you to come to know him in a deeper way. Because sometimes, sometimes to know God in a deeper way means that we're going to really go through some fires. I always think about it, gold. In order for gold to become as beautiful as it is, and your spouse wants you to go and buy one for her or him, that gold has to go through the fire. That gold has to go through some, it's got to go through some hammering. It's got to go through so much tempting before it can become what's beautiful in your eyes. And so everything that you're experiencing in life, you take it before God. You speak to God about it. When you go into something, you need something, you pray to him about it. You focus on how good he is. The more we do that, the more that we develop that discipline in our lives, the closer our relationship is going to become with him. Doesn't mean that it'll be perfect, but it's closer. Some of you who have been married for years and years, man, you've been through some storms. You've been through some very difficult seasons. But the fact that you are still together, the fact that you were able to work through some of these things when they, at the moment, you wanted to run, but you stood and you prayed and you let God continue to chisel out in that relationship. And that relationship is so much stronger. Doesn't mean that it's the most peaceful or it's the best relationship, but that relationship is stronger. Because you've developed a relationship with each other and with Christ. For many of us, 2020 was that type of year. That God brought us closer to himself through these difficult and life-changing circumstances. 
And although according to stats, that hasn't been the case for everyone. I was reading and heard this statistics that during this pandemic, it has shown that one out of every three people who were actively going to or involved in, in church before this pandemic has either stopped attending or viewing online services or just coming to church, period, or it just has completely stopped serving the Lord. Those are some jaw-dropping stats. And so during a season in which God has allowed, because God allows everything, some have taken to the words of the psalmist and allowed that to increase their prayers and increase their relationship with God and to make it more intimate. Others have not taken advantage of that and has allowed that to deter them from growing in their relationship with God. And that's why our prayers up and in and being raw and unfiltered with God are so, so important. That's where saying, oh, the storm is coming, God, I'm running away from you. Versus, God, the storm is coming, what do you want to teach me from it? Those are the differences. And so as we, as we seek God during these 21 days of fasting and praying, I want you to press in. I want you to cry out to him like you never have before. I want you to come to him in a deeper way. Begin to thank him. Begin to praise him for what he has done, for what it is that he's doing in your life. And I want you to begin to develop, uh, to discipline yourself to pray uncommon prayers. I challenge you to go on ahead and, and not pray prayers that you have already prayed. Sing to the Lord a new song. Let him know what's in your hearts. And fifth and final, we're going to be concluding with this soon, is common Heartfelt prayers will ultimately culminate in praise as we see that God is faithful to his covenants. In verse 16, it says, truly I am your servant. Lord, I serve you just as my mother did. You have freed me from my chains. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, Jerusalem, praise the Lord. And so we see here that the psalmist ultimately, he ends in praise to God. And he connects the dots of God's faithfulness to, his, to God's covenants. Why did God answer his prayer? Why does God answer our prayers? Ultimately, if we're going to be honest, it points back to God and his covenants, his promise, his relationship to us, his people. God, the Lord, Yahweh, the self-existent one, is committed to his promises. He is committed and bound to all of the promises that he has made throughout his word. And to us through the covenant of his son, Jesus, who died on the cross for us. So church, with all of that, I challenge you to continue pressing into God. In this time of prayer and fasting. You know what it is that you're praying and fasting for. But I challenge you that you would amplify it. I challenge you that you would press in. That you would focus first and foremost on your prayers up. Meaning 
the number one goal I want from this at the end of this fast is not for you to answer me a prayer, God. The number one goal for me at the end of this fast is that I can say I have a more intimate relationship with you now than I did 21 days ago. I know you need help with those petitions. I know there are things in your life, there are mountains in your life that you really need God to move. But when we get the prayer up, when we, when we focus on him first, all it does is it reflects to him how great he is. And it encourages us to now focus on the end. I challenge you to grow in your relationship with God through prayer. See, when you start thinking about, well, praying is not my thing, pastor. It's just, you know, it's just not my, my yeah, it's not what I do. Maybe it's because you've been looking at prayer in a common way. Maybe you're looking at prayer in a repeated way, you know, where you're moving around the beads and you're repeating the same thing over and over and over and over again. No, listen, uncommon prayers, go to God unfiltered. Go to God and let him know what's in your heart. You know, when someone asks you, how are you doing? You say, I'm okay, but really you got like 10 things that are just killing you. And you go to God. Don't say, God, I'm okay. No, go to God and say, Lord, these are the 10 things that are really killing me. These are the things that I really need you to, to work in. As a psalmist wrote things down so that we can read and benefit thousands of years later, I challenge you that you also begin to write things down. Get yourself a journal. Get yourself a notebook from the dollar store. And then just begin to write some of your prayers. Write your, write your thoughts. Write your thoughts. And it's beautiful because when you begin to write your thoughts, it gets, you get more intimate with God. But, but later down the road when you reread those thoughts, they just encourage you because you might just be going through those very same season that you went through when you first wrote that. And so as we conclude today, I just want you to focus. And when we're praying for the inward is not just praying to God for the things that I want. They're in there. But the main thing is God searched me. I've given you glory. I prayed you. I worshiped to you. I, I've done all these things. But now, now, now when I'm looking at myself, God help me see in me, revealing me things that need to, to, to get fixed. God revealing me How's my prayer life? Am I spending enough time with you? Am I dedicating enough time to, to growing in knowledge of your word? Do that. And then from there can flow the petitions. And actually we all rise to our feet. Before you leave today, uh, if you... We're here last week. You probably got one of these, but we kind of made these really cool uh, dry erase boards with the sermon series Uncommon Prayer. And we have a section for up, in, and out. And our challenge to you was that you would put this somewhere in your, in your house, your room, prayer closet, whatever it is. And each day you would focus on, on one thing that you're going to focus on your praying up and one thing that you're going to focus on your praying in. And then focus on that throughout the day. And we'll be covering out, but you kind of know out is praying for for others and praying for 
world and, and all these other good things that we're going to get into in this next passage. But just close your eyes right there. And I want, want you to just begin to meditate on the Lord. I want you to begin to focus on him. And I want you to just thank him for what he's done. But in this moment of silence, I want you to ask him. We're focusing on the praying in. I want you to ask him, Lord, can you search my heart right, right here, right now? And begin to reveal to me anything, anything that you find offensive. Anything that you know that I need to work on. Anything that you know that I need to really bring before you. And as he begins to reveal that to you, whatever it is that's come to mind, I want you to take that this weekend and allow that to be a focus of yours. A focus on, on what it is that for this next week you, you really need to begin to have some good, unfiltered conversations with the Lord on how to address that. Because until we can get the praying upward right, until we can get the praying the inward right, we can't pray out. And so this beautiful cycle, this beautiful pattern that, that, that we have on, on how to develop and shape our prayer life, we've got to get these right. And so focus this whole next week, church. God, work in me. Work in me. Develop me. Bring out to me the things that need to be worked on. And as always, never get tired of going before the Lord with a, with, with a repentive heart. If you're standing here today or you're watching online and you're saying, man, that just, that, that, that hasn't been me. I, I haven't, I haven't been focusing on my conversations with the Lord. I, I haven't, I haven't really been focusing on God working within me. I've just been going through the motions. Then you go before God and say, Lord, forgive me. Forgiving, forgive me for making life about me and all about me and not about you. Work in me, Lord. Father, we come before you and we just thank you for this time that you've given us. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the teaching, Lord, on the practical ways and we can and how we can grow and develop in you, Father God, through uncommon prayers. Just like any relationship, Lord, it takes work. It takes a desire to want to make it work. And so I pray, Lord, that that would be our desire here today. And we would focus on you first. And then focus 
within ourselves. So we can be the best version of ourselves that you designed us to be. So then we can begin to focus on everything that's outside of us. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Lord, we worship you. We pray as we get ready to dismiss here today that you would be with us, that you would be with your people. We pray for your protection and for your covering upon each and every one of us. God, I pray, Lord, that no matter what it is that we have next on our to-do list, work, school, whatever comes next this week, Lord, that you would never allow us to forget who we are. You've called us to be the salt of the earth. You've called us to be the light of the world. You called us to stand out, not to blend in. Father, may we be difference makers everywhere that we go. But Father, may we make a priority to get this area of our life right first. And that is our prayer life with you. Church, may the Lord bless you. And may the Lord keep you. May the Lord shine his favor upon you all. May the Lord give you peace and be gracious unto you. In Jesus' name, the church of God says, amen. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. We love you. And we look forward to seeing you on Wednesday.